Welcome to the Make Money Behave podcast, where we talk about your money, your circumstances, and the small changes in your behavior that will have a big impact on both. My name is Maria Casillas, and I am honored to be your host. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Make Money Behave. It is so great to be back with you on this fine Monday morning. Just wanted to talk a little bit about something that's been on my mind this last weekend, and that is the topic of relapse. I know oftentimes we talk about relapse in terms of alcohol addiction or drug addiction, but it actually can refer to just about any behavior change that you're trying to make, including any behavior changes you're trying to make with your money. I remember when I was subcontracting for a DUI class and one of the things that I had to do is teach people this process of change that we go to. I'm actually excited to teach you about it at some point where I kind of, you know, drop things here and there and, um, you know, if you end up taking one of my courses, you're going to learn the actual stages of change that you go through. But um, one of the stages is relapse and I remember going through this and one of the gentlemen raised his hand and just said, you know, I don't, I don't appreciate you telling me that I'm absolutely going to go through relapse and like just learning about it was going to doom him to you know tripping up or making a mistake now between you and me chances are if that's the attitude he came into quote recovery with then he probably will trip himself up and actually relapse but we didn't go there with him I just wanted to bring this up because I think this happens to a lot of people myself included in fact that's one of the things that got me stuck in my head a couple of years ago I told you on this podcast before that we had about $92,000 worth of debt and that my husband and I were able to pay that off in addition to uh, a $10,000 baby plus saving money for um, an emergency fund and then having money for a down payment on a house. And that all totaled to about $130,000 turnaround in about four and a half to five years. Now, that took a lot of effort because we were only making about sixty to sixty-five thousand dollars a year, and it, you know, we were kind of really, I don't know, we were really pulling back. I mean, we were pulling out all the stops. I was, honest to goodness, making maybe like, I think the lowest payment I ever made to a credit card was probably like four dollars and fifty cents or something stupid. I mean, if I had the extra cash, I was plunking it towards that debt so that we could get out of debt. I share that because I want you to know we hit it hard. We hit it really hard. And, you know, we sacrificed a whole lot during that four and a half years. We said no to ourselves often. And then when we moved to the next step, which was buying this house, you know, we put our money down and we got into this house and we just, we were just like, oh, we took a deep breath and like, gosh, that took a whole lot of effort, okay? So now we're in this house, we have no debt except for the mortgage, but we're burnt out. We have that feeling like, oh, if we have to sacrifice anything more, (laughs) I just don't know that we can. (laughs) So after four years of this extreme sacrifice, we really had to find a way to just kind of take a step back and live again, right? Like just not be so tight with things. And so I know you may have heard me say before that, for example, I no longer cut coupons. I mean, I do use coupons here and there. I mean, this there's this amazing coupon that showed up in my mailbox the other day. It's for Dunkin' Donuts, and I don't really eat their donuts, but I really do like their coffee. And it's a free medium coffee every Monday for like eight weeks in a row. <laughs> so that, my dears, is a, is a coupon that I will absolutely use, and 
I will do it shamelessly. <laughs> but, but I don't typically cut coupons the way I used to anymore. You know, like the 30 cent ones or make sure that the stores would double them and all of that stuff, playing all of that game. I don't do that anymore. I was never an extreme couponer, but I was, I definitely relied on coupons at the time when we were trying to feed our family on $200 a month. So there are certain lifestyle things that we have changed and that's one of them. But what I found was over the last couple of years, I haven't had as strong of a motivation to get rid of our mortgage or even just to like set different high goals. And I think it's because of that whole relapse thing that happens. So when you get into a routine when you when you start doing something really really well and then for whatever reason you break that routine it starts this slippery slope and it's a process to get back onto the track that we were headed sometimes that process will take a couple of days and sometimes it'll take several years it really just depends on a few of the factors that are in place what's motivating you in the first place how realistic is the goal that you're trying to set and do you have the tools necessary to make it work? So that's kind of the epiphany that I came up with this, this last weekend was that over the last couple of years, the only real debt that we've had was our mortgage. And it just is such a large number that it felt like it was never gonna happen. So there was really no intrinsic motivation to make sure that it happened. There, it was something that was too big of a goal to swallow and it was very difficult to break that down into smaller pieces. So I recognized that that was happening, but what I was explaining to my friend was that that is why I wanna teach people to not go all in forever because it just seems impossible to do all in forever. Now there are some clients who absolutely need to go all in and part of their plan, when I set up their plan, we talk about going all in for a determined amount of time. And once that determined amount of time is over, then we pull back and say, okay, let's go back to a little bit of normalcy for you so that you don't burn out. This is how you're gonna see sustainable results because you'll actually wanna stay in the game because not only are you seeing results, but you're seeing results in a way that you feel is maintainable for you. In fact, that's another one of the stages of change is maintenance. I think that a lot of people, probably more so than not, will go through some form of relapse. But ultimately, once you've cycled through these stages of change, you want to stay in the one that's called maintenance. That basically means that you maintain your new behavior rather than relapsing or reverting to your old behavior. Now you may be thinking, wait a minute, aren't you supposed to be motivating me, Maria? Aren't you supposed to be telling me I can do anything, I can conquer the world, and nothing can bring me down? Well, I, I guess I could do that, but I also would rather keep it a little bit real for you. And instead of you know pumping you up with this uh, irrational sense of indestructibility, I'd rather have you have a little bit of realism and prepare yourself for the stuff that could happen or that could lead to relapse. So that way you understand what you can do, some things you can put in place to either help you avoid it altogether or lessen the time that you stay in that relapse position. Now here is where the 
true motivation comes from. The, the truth is if you go through all of these different stages that, again, I haven't really talked about all of them to you today, but if you go through this process of change, then you get to this relapse spot, you basically need to recycle through the process of change. But here's the cool thing, it goes so much faster. <laughs> like you've already done it once and so you can move through those different stages a lot more quickly the second and third and fourth time around. And yes, I did just go there and say the fourth time around because sometimes it takes us several times around this cycle to maintain a behavior change and that's okay. I mean, we, we're we human beings and we don't always get it right on the first time or second time or even the third time. So if you cycle through this several times, take heart in knowing that you're going to get where you need to go, but you sometimes just need to cycle through and that's that, that's just the way it is. So what are some of the things that you can do to kind of either avoid relapse altogether or help lessen the blow when you get there? Well, one of the things is to recognize some of your triggers. A trigger just means some sort of environmental thing or behavioral thing that will trigger your brain to want to go back to where you were before. So let's just use the example of smoking. If you're a smoker, you can probably relate really, really, really well to this example. Uh, I used to coach smokers, and it was a smoking cessation program. And one of the most common things people would tell me is, I quit smoking three and a half months ago, but every time I step foot into my car, I go to grab for a cigarette. Now, why do you think that is? They haven't smoked in their car for three months because they haven't smoked at all for three months. But every time they sit in their car, they go to grab for a cigarette. Well, clearly, that's when they would smoke the most. And so every time they'd sit in the car, their brain would say, it's time for a cigarette. Well, it's the same thing that happens with our spending. If you go down a certain way to work every day and you always pull into a specific place, we'll use Dunkin' Donuts, for example, since I just told you about my coveted coupon. Um, if you drive past Dunkin' Donuts every day and you always go to Dunkin' Donuts to get your coffee, then if you decide that making coffee at home is going to be one of the small behavior changes that you want to make, it might be necessary to go a different route to work for a little while in order to trick your brain a little bit and not drive right past that place, but instead go a different route so that your brain doesn't even have to process that yet. Now, it may seem like a little bit of an extreme thing to do to change your route to work just so you don't drive by your favorite coffee shop. So maybe that's not what you do. Maybe what you do is just, you know, not carry around the specific card that you used or something, whatever it is, to change things up a little bit so that it changes your brain chemistry because that's really where this, this is, right? Like the magic is in your brain chemistry and we oftentimes, the behaviors that we engage in, you guys are usually like at a subconscious level. I mean, have you ever been on autopilot like where you're driving the same route that you do every single day and you're not even going to work that day, but somehow your car turns right instead of left when you're supposed to be taking your kid to their friend's house? I've done that. It's because my brain's on autopilot. Like we we just we get into that or we just we don't even consciously think about some of the stuff that we're going to do and if you are trying to make a change 
in your behavior, whether it's with your money or anything else, you have to be more conscious when you're making your decisions. And that's all this is. So whether it's changing your route to work or keeping a different um, form of payment in your car or whatever it is, something that makes you be more conscientious of what you're doing, then you're going to start to see some progress. Once you've identified some of those triggers and you've identified some ways to avoid those triggers, that's going to help you lessen the chances of relapse, okay? Another thing that's really going to help lessen your chance of relapsing back to your old behaviors is to have a good support system in place. I've talked about this before and I believe very strongly that if you don't have an accountability partner or a coach or somebody who can help walk you through the process that you're going through, somebody you can check in with on a regular basis and say, this is what I'm wanting to do right now. I'm ready to throw in the towel. This whole journey is crap. I don't want to do it anymore. It's too hard. You need someone who's going to be able to say, I get it. I know that it's hard and I validate that for you, but you have bigger goals. You have bigger dreams. You have have a bigger why. And if you can tap back into that why, you'll be able to do the things that you think are impossible right now. You need to have somebody who can love you enough to say that to you and to hold you accountable. If you don't have that, find it. Go find it today or at least start the process of finding it today. If you don't have any idea who that person could be, why don't you start by asking to join my free Facebook group? The community inside of that group is very low-key and really supportive of each other. People interact and they, they talk to each other about things that are going on for them. You might just connect with somebody who could be a really good accountability partner for you in there. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while and you are ready to at least give it a chance and see if you and I would work well together, take advantage of the free 30-minute coaching call. There are so many resources that are available to you for absolutely no money that you might as well give them a shot. The free coaching call, the free Facebook group, hop inside. There is no reason to not have the support group that you need in order to reach those goals that you want to reach and avoid going back to old behaviors. In case I've gotten you all jacked up about the Facebook group, I should probably tell you where to find it, huh? The name of the group is simply Make My Money Behave, and it's a private group, so you will have to answer a few questions to get in. We don't allow everybody in, but that's not because we don't love you. It's just because we want to make sure you're not trying to get in just to spam us. I'm actually just protecting the rest of the members of the group. We want to make sure that it's a good and safe place for them to be. So we just ask you three simple questions. You answer those, and we will let you in. And I invite you to introduce yourself there. Let us know what you're there for. And maybe if you are looking for one of those accountability partners, let's let's hook you up. You're probably not the only one looking for one. If you're interested in taking me up on the free 30-minute coaching call, send me a quick email to maria at cashinonchange.com and I will send you a link so that we can set it up in both of our schedules. And finally, I just want to remind you about the challenge that I've been issued and that challenge is to double the amount of star ratings and reviews that I have in iTunes at this point. And I'm supposed to do that by the end of May. So if this podcast has had any impact on your life, I would love to hear about it. Just go to iTunes, leave a comment, leave a star rating, and if you could do it before the end of May, that would be even better because it might actually help me reach this particular goal. And before I go, can I just say thank God that I don't have to be perfect in order for this message to have an impact on you because I will never reach that. 
I have been hesitant for over two years to really hop on this microphone and share some of the stuff that has just been burning in my gut because I was afraid that I, I don't have anything to offer. How could I possibly help someone when I am a mess myself? And I'm learning over the last few months that this mess that I am is actually what people need to know. They need to know that I'm a mess and I can still be successful. And the same goes for you. So thank God that I don't have to be perfect to do this. I'm grateful for this platform. I'm grateful for my listeners. And as always, thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye.